Hey kids, welcome to Papa's Bible Stories. For each episode, I pick a Bible story to talk to my kids about. I have a beautiful son, Jacob, who is seven, er, I mean eight, and a beautiful daughter, Leah, who is five. And these stories are for them. But even though these stories are for my kids, Jacob, Leah, and I would love it very much if you decided to join us. What do you say? Let's get started. So first of all, a certain son of mine has turned eight. Jacob, I can't believe you're already eight. You're getting so big and strong, and it's hard to imagine that just eight years ago, you weren't even as long as my forearm. Now, almost every time we play, you're knocking the wind out of me, and you're turning into a smart, observant, and fun-loving boy. And I know that God has big plans for you. Happy birthday, my son. And another thing before we get started. A certain kidzo out there named Anon sent me a whole collection of drawings that she'd made. They were drawings from certain scenes from the last episode on Jacob, Leah, and Rachel, and they were absolutely amazing. I especially like the one where Jacob finds out that he'd married Leah instead of Rachel. The expression on Jacob's face says it all. Thanks so much for sending those to me, Anon. You are awesome. And for all the other kidzos and parents out there, if for some reason you want to connect with Papa, like Anon did, the best way is through Facebook or Instagram. Just search for Papa's Bible Stories on Facebook or Instagram, and it's the first one that pops up. In addition to being able to connect with me, you will also get regular reminders when episodes drop. All right, time to get into our story. This week, we're going to continue again the story of Jacob. And for those kids out there who haven't heard the last two episodes, well, let's quickly catch you up. Jacob had tricked his father into giving him the birthright instead of his brother. His brother Esau had promised to kill him. So Jacob ran for his life and went to live with his uncle Laban's family. Then Jacob fell in love with Laban's daughter, Rachel, and promised to work for Laban for seven years if he could marry her. But on his wedding night, Laban had tricked Jacob into marrying his other daughter, Leah, and wanted another seven years to let Jacob marry Rachel. So Jacob married both Leah and Rachel. And after Jacob had worked for Laban for 14 years, Jacob thought he could maybe find a way to work with Laban but for six more years, Laban kept on taking advantage of Jacob as much as he could and kept on finding ways to keep Jacob working for him. Now, I'm sure you kids can imagine that during all this time, things weren't exactly all roses in Jacob's family. After all, Jacob had been kind of forced into marrying Leah. And what did this result in? Well... The Bible says that Jacob loved Rachel more than Leah. I mean, kind of understandable. Jacob had never wanted to marry Leah in the first place. But 
poor Leah, married to a man that didn't love her, neglected, lonely, and empty. But this is when the amazing God that we serve did something. The Bible says that the Lord saw that Leah was unloved. And because Leah was unloved, the Bible says that God opened up her womb, which means that God helped her to get pregnant fast so she could have her own kids. So God saw that Leah was feeling lonely and unloved, and he helped her. And how did he help her? He gave her children. Because, you know, even though kidzos can be really draining and exhausting and, and can really test your patience, but you definitely don't feel lonely. And kidzos can bring a lot of love into your life. And not only did God give Leah children, but it's through Leah's descendants that most of the promises to Abraham were realized. And this is what God is like, kidzos. God is not an uncaring, faceless force somewhere out there in the big black universe who just kind of sets things in motion. No. God is a person. And he knows what you are going through. And he cares about you. He cares about your health, about your safety. And he even cares about your feelings. And no matter how we may see ourselves, God has plans for us. And my little girl, this is where your name comes from. Your name always reminds Papa and Mama that God knows how we all feel, that he never forgets about us, and that he has plans for us. Okay, so back to the story. So, Jacob had worked seven years for Leah, another seven years for Rachel, and then he'd worked six more years trying to work out things with Jacob. So altogether, that's 20 years that Jacob had worked for Laban. That's a long time. And in all those years, even though Laban constantly tried to trick and manipulate and take advantage of Jacob every chance he got, Laban had always been happy with Jacob. Despite what Laban did to Jacob, Laban always knew that having Jacob around was good for him. But over time, even though Laban constantly tried to cheat Jacob, Jacob got richer and richer and richer. Until one day, Laban's sons started to get jealous and started to say, Jacob has taken away all that was our father's, and from what was our father's, he has acquired all his wealth. Of course, it wasn't true. Jacob was a hard and faithful worker, and God was blessing him. But Laban's sons just couldn't help but look jealously at all that Jacob had. And what about Laban himself? Well, the Bible says that Jacob saw the countenance of Laban, and indeed, it was not favorable toward him as before. Well, this was not good. For all these years, 
Jacob had worried about Esau and what Esau might do to him if he went home. But now he had to worry about Laban and his sons. If he went to his old home, Esau might kill him. But if he stayed where he was, maybe Laban and his sons would kill him. So what was Jacob going to do? Well, thankfully, Jacob didn't have to worry too long because God came to Jacob in a dream and said, Jacob, I have seen all that Laban is doing to you. I am the God of Bethel, where you anointed the pillar and where you made a vow to me. Now arise, get out of this land and return to the land of your family. All right then, decision made. It was time to go home. So right away, Jacob organized a secret family meeting with Leah and Rachel. He told them what God had said, and they all agreed. They were going to leave. Laban would probably try to stop them and might even use it as an excuse to steal from Jacob or, or even kill him. So they decided to leave in secret. And they waited. And then one day, Laban and his sons were far away shearing the sheep and they made their escape. And the Bible says, Jacob rose and set his sons and his wives on camels. And he carried away all his livestock and all his possessions which he had gained, his acquired livestock which he had gained in Padan Aram, to go to his father Isaac in the land of Canaan. Now even though Jacob was leaving in secret, of course Laban was going to find out about it eventually. And three days later, that's exactly what happened. And boy! was Laban angry. And Laban gathered up some men and rushed to catch him. And after seven days, Laban and his men caught up with Jacob. Now, the Bible doesn't say exactly what Laban was planning to do when he caught up with Jacob. At a minimum, Laban would have forced Jacob to go back. But more than likely, Laban was going to take everything away from Jacob and send him away with nothing. And he would have done something like that, except for one teeny, eensy, weensy, inconvenient problem. Sometime on the seven-day journey to catch Jacob, God had come to Laban in a dream and told him, Be careful you speak to Jacob neither good or bad. Meaning, that Laban must not bribe Jacob to go back or force Jacob to go back. Now, Laban himself worshipped idols. But from how God had blessed Jacob, Laban probably knew not to mess around with Jacob's God. So all Laban could do was try to convince or persuade Jacob to turn back. And he tried just that. But Jacob was having none of it. Notwithstanding God's command to leave, Laban had just treated Jacob way too poorly over the years. There was no way he was going back. And once Laban realized Jacob was determined to leave, 
he gave up and accepted it. And that night, Laban had his last meal together with his daughters and grandchildren. The next morning, Laban left, and they would never see each other again. Okay, whew. With God's help, one threat was taken care of, Laban and his sons. And now on to the next threat, Esau. Jacob probably hadn't talked to his brother at all since that fateful day 20 years ago when Esau had promised to kill him. As far as he knew, Esau still lived around the area of his father, but he had no idea how Esau would react when he found out that Jacob was coming home. So the Bible says that Jacob sent messengers before him to Esau, his brother, in the land of Seir, the country of Edom. Which, by the way, Edom was one of Esau's names. So it seems that Esau had become powerful enough in the last 20 years that an entire country was named after him now. Oh boy. And Jacob told the messengers that were to talk to Esau exactly what to say. Speak thus to my lord Esau. Thus your servant Jacob says, I have dwelt with Laban and stayed there until now. I have oxen, donkeys, flocks, and male and female servants. And I have sent to tell my lord that I may find favor in your sight. So basically, Jacob was saying to Esau, Hey brother, how's it going? I'm coming home. But I have lots of stuff now. Oxen, donkeys, servants, all kinds of stuff. So remember how you got so mad at me way back when I took the birthright from you? Yeah, well, just so you know, I'm not going to be needing any inheritance from our father anymore. It's all yours, okay? And since I don't need any inheritance anymore, maybe we can just let bygones be bygones? The messengers faithfully delivered Jacob's message to Esau. And the Bible says that the messengers returned and said to Jacob, We came to your brother Esau, and he also is coming to meet you. And four hundred men are with him. Er, what? No answer to his friendly message other than that four hundred men were coming? There could be only one reason for this. Esau was coming to attack him and probably kill him. Jacob didn't have any fighting men in his camp. The Bible says that Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. The whole camp with all the women and children and animals were probably terrified and panicking. It must have been chaos. What was Jacob going to do? Well, the first thing he did was to split his camp into two groups. The Bible says that Jacob divided the people that were with him and the flocks and the herds and camels into two companies. And he said, if Esau comes to the one company and attacks it, then the other company which is left will escape. Well, that seems kind of smart, I guess. Jacob also arranged for more gifts to be sent to Esau. 
Jacob sent literally hundreds of goats and sheep and camel and donkeys and cows and all kinds of animals to Esau, hoping against hope that the mountains of gifts would help somehow. And he also sat down with the whole camp and prayed. Jacob cried out to God and said, Deliver me, I pray, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, lest he come and attack me and the mother with the children. And Jacob said to God that it was God himself who told Jacob to leave Laban and to go home, and that God had promised Jacob way back in the vision of the latter that Jacob would inherit the land and have many descendants. So... Was God going to abandon him now? But God didn't answer him. And still no word, either good or bad, from Esau. And Esau and his 400 men were still coming. They would be there by morning. Jacob had done everything he could think to do. But really, at the end of the day, if God didn't do something... Jacob was dead. So there was really only one thing left to do. In the middle of the night, Jacob woke everyone up and sent them on ahead while he stayed behind. Jacob needed to be alone. Now the Bible doesn't say exactly why Jacob wanted to be alone, but Papa's pretty sure that Jacob needed to spend some time alone with God to pray and to plead for help. But either way, there Jacob was, all alone. All his family and servants and everyone he knew was now far ahead of him. It was the middle of the night. All was quiet. And then, Jacob felt a strong hand grab him. What? A stranger had snuck up on him? Was it a robber? Maybe someone was trying to hurt him. And Jacob turned around and tried to get out of the man's grasp. And that's when the stranger and Jacob started to wrestle. Now, as it turns out, Jacob was an excellent wrestler. Like, really, really good. And maybe Jacob said to himself, Ah, this guy thinks he can wrestle me, eh? Well, watch this. And maybe that's when Jacob grabbed the guy and busted out some of his wrestling moves. Maybe he started off with something quick and easy that usually worked on everyone, like, like a single leg takedown. And he went for it. But the stranger somehow managed to get out of it without even really trying. Well, that was weird. Well, there was more where that came from. And then maybe he tried a double leg takedown and, for, and he went for it again. Again, the stranger somehow managed to get out of it. So then he tried a, a duck under. Same thing. A bridge. Same thing. A half Nelson. A full Nelson. A pile driver. But nothing seemed to work on this guy. All night, the two wrestled. Morning was coming. And Jacob started to get tired. And that's when Jacob probably realized he was going to lose. He was going to lose to this stranger out here all alone. The stranger was probably a robber that was going to kill him. 
And then he also realized that he was probably going to die. Man, everyone's trying to kill him. And just when the weight of the situation was dawning on him, that's probably when Jacob would have thought about all his regrets, and especially about how he'd lied to his father and stolen the birthright, and how guilty he felt for what he had done. If only he had done better, if only he had made better choices. All his mistakes and regrets probably came to his mind. And in his heart, he probably cried out to God in his guilt and desperation. And that's when the Bible says that the stranger touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled him. Jacob probably cried out in pain. I mean, you kidzos haven't ever seen someone dislocate an arm or a leg, but Papa has. And I'll tell you that it looks like it is extremely painful, and it's definitely a serious injury. But the weird thing is, the Bible doesn't say that the stranger hit Jacob's hip really hard to dislocate it. It says that the stranger just touched his hip. And for the stranger to just touch Jacob and cause such a serious injury without really hitting him hard... Well, that's just impossible. And that's when Jacob figured out that he hadn't been wrestling with some stranger. He'd been wrestling with a supernatural being, with someone from heaven. No wonder none of his wrestling moves had worked. <laughs> In fact, the Bible says that Jacob had been wrestling with the angel of the covenant, which means that Jacob had been wrestling with someone who we will find out a lot more about in future episodes, he'd been wrestling with Jesus. And then, even though he was in a ton of pain, Jacob didn't just fall down on the ground, but instead he reached out and grabbed onto Jesus and held on tight. And then Jesus said, let me go, for, for the day breaks. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Jacob was broken and desperate. Jacob's sins had caught up with him. His brother was coming to kill him. All his sins were weighing him down. All his mistakes were right in front of him. The Bible says that Jacob wept and begged for his favor. He needed God to come through on his promises. He needed forgiveness. He needed his Savior. And then Jesus said to Jacob, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. And then Jesus said, Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled against God and against men and have prevailed. And with that, Jacob must have felt a huge rush of relief and release and peace. The name Jacob means supplanter, which always reminded him of how he had tricked his father and stolen the birthright. And now Jesus was changing his name to Israel 
which means prince with God or ruler with God. By changing Jacob's name, Jesus was telling him that his sins as a supplanter and a liar were forgiven. Our amazing and merciful God had come through for Jacob. And my son, this is where your name comes from. This story is very important to us today. Not just because it's important for us to know our Bibles, but also because the Bible tells us that Jacob's experience, that Jacob's time of trouble will happen again in the future. When talking about this time of trouble, the Bible says, We have heard a voice of trembling, of fear, and not of peace. All faces are turned into paleness. Alas, for that day is great, so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble. And my son, you were given your name to remind us that when the time of trouble comes and when our sins are weighing us down and all we can think about is our mistakes and missed opportunities, that we can cling on to Jesus just like Jacob did and depend on his promises and know that he will save us. Very soon after this, Esau did catch up to Jacob with his 400 men. But God had taken care of everything. Instead of meeting an angry Esau, the Bible says that Esau ran to meet him and embraced him and fell on his neck and kissed him, and they wept. Instead of killing Jacob, Esau had turned it into a big family reunion. Esau got to meet his sister-in-laws, Leah and Rachel, and all his nephews and his niece. God had taken care of Jacob and turned a time of fear into a time of joy. And Jacob and his family safely journeyed into Canaan. All right, kidzos, that's it for this episode. So what did you guys think about the story? Don't you love stories that have happy endings? Yeah, me too. In the next episode, we're going to continue the story of Jacob's family, and particularly the story of Jacob's second youngest son, Joseph. But until then, to all the kids tuning in, I hope you have an awesome day, God be with you, and I hope we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.